Listener Production. Welcome to Fail with Greta Lee Jackson, the podcast where I speak to people about times they messed up and what they learned on their journey to success. This story comes from Rachel. It really isn't very complicated, more of a cautionary tale. One day, while chopping some chilies, Rachel felt the weight of her tampon telling her its shift was over, so she had to act quickly and get a new one. She washed her hands thoroughly and headed to the bathroom, but share houses being what they are, meant the single bathroom in the house was occupied. So she went back to the kitchen, threw the chilies into the congee she was cooking and upon hearing the flush from the bathroom, hurried in to do her swap. Unfortunately, she had forgotten to wash her hands a second time and describes the burning that ensued as worse than any thrush or UTI. She even had to coat another tampon in yoghurt to cool things off. Fortunately, now she has switched to a moon cup. But even that isn't safe from disaster as she enjoys using it to reenact murder scenes in the shower for fun. Fail! Speaking about reenacting murder scenes, in this episode I'll be talking to comedian and playwright Rodney Todd about selling out, 9-11, and the time he couldn't stop apologising to his victim when playing a murderer. Well, I was, uh, another comedian was giving me a lift home. and what, what Like was, from a gig or something? From, just after a gig, he was giving me a lift home. And then he's, you know, he's asking the background and stuff, and he asked me about my, you know, about my parents. Here it is, the bloody background. Bloody Here background, it, but he was doing it in a different way, not in a really, nice yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, okay. And I was, you know, I got a Lebanese background, and you know, my dad's, my dad's, you know, Muslim, whatever. You know, and it's talked about that. And we're talking about different things, and then, you know, I told him about my parents' divorce. He goes, "Oh, what's your dad doing now?" And I said, "I don't know, probably flying a plane into a building or something." <laughs> It's so grim. Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't have contact with him, so you just assume. Well, no, at that time I didn't, yeah. So I just recently had contact, but, yeah, at that time I didn't. At that time, and, and what, you assumed he was, like, fundamentalist? Yeah, well, you know, he's pretty he, – that's what he talks about. Right. You know, that's pretty much his, his one topic. And the, <laughs> the one book he reads is the Quran. Like, he hasn't. Okay, okay. He hasn't – he probably – he hasn't read any other books. Like, no right. John Ronson books or, or – he wouldn't have read a Stephen King or – Okay, okay. He just reads the Quran, dude. Okay. <laughs> every day. Okay. It's like an obsessive. Anyway, but yeah. <laughs> and then – So you said this to this comedian. I my, said my this to this comedian. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and then he's, all right. And then we, you know, the, I guess from memory – this was years ago. So from memory, it's like I think we didn't really talk much after that or he changed the subject. And then about a few weeks later, I'm at home and I had morning TV on. And then he was on. This Mor- comedian was on the comedian TV. Comedian was on the yeah. TV and he's talking because it was the anniversary of uh, September 11. <gasps> and he said, and then he was talking about how his mum was in the Twin Towers. You uh, fucking idiot. Well, I was watching and going, <laughs> what? And then I'm just tick, 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 tick. Fuck, man, I said that in the car to him. The poor dude. Oh. The and then explain why it was quiet after that, man. And he was nice, man. He was like, he, not judging he was polite me. Yeah, to yeah. you. Yeah, like I told him wasn't. And then I, I, I was he the racist been a, one. You yeah, were yeah. the racist one. Yeah, yeah. And he could have been a dick and gone, um, excuse me, it's really offensive to me because blah. But he just let you let it have go. it and let it go. He was really polite to you. Yeah. You know, but then it's like too long to go, 
oh, man, sorry about that time in the car when you came. It was just too, I think it was a few months up after, you know, it was just too long. How would you describe what you do for a living? Yeah, I just perform and write comedy. I play in a punk band and I write songs and sing in that. Because I do an improv now too. Oh, yeah, doing yeah. Improv classes. Yeah, that's good. You're a bit of a renaissance man, that's true. Yeah. Tell me the punk rock ethos. Well, punk rock, well, I guess traditional punk rock ethos is just do it yourself. Like if you want to do something, you get you guys get together. It's nobody else's fault. Yeah, and it's some, yeah, and it's always, I guess the original punk rock thing is about honesty, you know, you don't. It's not about posing or anything like that, like, you know, like glam metal stuff about posing. Look what we got. It's punk rock is more about, you know, just being honest. Authenticity. Yeah, there's an authenticity about it. Like, just, yeah, we'll write songs about what you know. And write shows about what you know. Yeah. You wrote Wolf Tokyo Club about, about band rehearsals. Band rehearsals. You do Kebab Tonight, which is A piss what? take on my background. Lebanese yeah, background. Lebanese background. Ethnic comedy. Because that's what also as well, because I always used to. Not like saying on Lebanese background because it's a stereotype. So I used to lie. So, oh, I'm Fijian. He used to say that earlier. You told me that. Yeah, did I? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, Fijians are great. Yeah, just say you're Fijian. When I lived in America, I would say that I was uh, um, New Zealand. But yeah, but you can sort of say I that. I can kind of get away with yeah, it. Yeah, you're born in New Zealand, weren't you? Yeah, but there's, this is good because there's no follow up questions. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Because I don't know enough about New Zealand. No, no, there. no. No one knows where it is. Yeah, okay. You know? <laughs> Yeah, so you write, you, you have your alter ego, Ahmed Zub. But now, I don't know, I guess the Ahmed Zub thing, doing that piss take, made it easy for me to say so. Yeah, I've got Lebanese background, good on you. Yeah, really? Who? Yeah, well, it just takes a piss out of ethnic comedy. But what is it about the ethnic comedy in Australia that frustrates you that to the point where you had to make this um, Ahmed Zub character? Well, I think it's unauthentic. That's most of it. It's just exaggerated a bit too much, and that's why I did the Ahmed Zub, where he's even more exaggerated. Yeah. Where, you know, everything's kebab. Is it a white person's version of... Being Lebanese, yeah, right, yeah, it gets it. That they play into, that. yeah, yeah. Like some people, yeah. Even though, like I've said, some stuff like that as well. When I was in the punk rock as well. Like someone said, "Oh, what's your background?" I was like, you know, Lebanese. Oh, shouldn't you be into hip hop and rap and shit? So, oh, fuck off, you know, <laughs> like. Or just you know, what footy team do you go for? A guy for Rabbitohs? Or shouldn't you go for Bankstown and stuff? No, I shouldn't be going for Bankstown because I grew up. Well, I spent more time in South Sydney than I have in. You know, it's just people do with this stereotypes thing that says everyone's the same. People don't. Um, it, it, it's just an interesting experience where they, people just assume stuff about you. Yeah, and you've got to go. No, you've got to like tell people. People have already thought they know you yeah. before they know you. Yeah. In your play, Paul Rodney, you based a scene on you having to do um, a reenactment on a crime show. Oh yes, that's right. What yeah. happened there? So in the play, the scene was Brown's behaving badly. Yeah, but it was, it was pretty much like a, yeah, yeah. That's the sh- that's what you call the real show was um, man- someone's mansions. What was it behind mansion behind walls? Behind mansion walls. Yeah, and I, I love played that someone show. who, yeah, I played some brown guy, and that was a director who told me you're some brown guy that's broken in. Word for word. Yeah, yeah. You're just you're just broken, and I pretty much said that in the casting as well. Because that's what happened in the, apparently in the true crime story. Some brown, I think the person, the rich person said, oh, some brown guy came in and choked, you know. But it turns out, you know, it was, the, it was you know, the person inside the house. It was a husband or whatever. But I had to go strangle. And I didn't feel comfortable about this, you know, because I'm not a trained actor. And I had to put my arm around a woman, you know, and do the strangle. And she screamed and it freaked me out. And I said, you're okay. She's... <laughs> Yeah, I'm okay. So there's, there's, there's part of, you know, she's, I'm acting to me this stink eye look, you know, and like, it's, you know, like I'm acting. Yeah, I know, but I thought maybe I might have, you know, did it too hard or something or whatever. 
So the, you go again. So go again, and then you know I think I did action. It. Strangling her. Oh, sorry. And I think I said sorry when I when I put my arm against cut. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I just felt uncomfortable. But then the guy freaked me out more because he said he sounded really like what guy? The director. The director goes, oh, you got you to go in there hard. You know, you got to kill the bitch. And I was like, what the fuck, man? I'm this, you know. <laughs> So you're trying to strangle her. Yeah, just and I just feel uncomfortable. Apologising. And then, then I think I said to her, I asked her, because you know, I think we got it, so are you all right? Are you angry at me or something? And she just came in like this look because she just looked really uptight and irritated. I said, oh, sorry. And I just kept on apologising to her. <laughs> yeah. But that's funny to go to, to keep apologising when you have to be the bad brown boy. Yeah. Strangling yeah, the woman. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry, is that hurting? Sorry. Yeah. It's very funny. But then we added, yeah, added a bit more of Comedy to it in the play, yeah. By more, calling the show Browns behaving badly, yeah. Well, that well, that because I think it was with the um because it was on joke of the agency I was with one time called Coffee Coloured Characters when I was in an <laughs> in agency called Coffee Coloured Characters. I remember telling my friend about it. She goes, "There is not. You are not in that." So I am. It's called Coffee Coloured Characters. <laughs> There's a few brown casts I've gone to where it's like. I'm going, this is a brown cast. Like, I think there was one for a cab driver. It was, like, you know, a cab driver for some KFC ad or whatever. You're playing a cab driver. And then we rock up and I just, everyone's brown. Oh. I was like, oh, man. Come for on, a man. cab driver's yeah. stereotyped. Yeah. But didn't everybody give you crap like that when you did that? Because you're vegan mm. and you did that Macca's ad? Yeah, yeah. I copped a lot of flack. Yeah. <laughs> from your friends. Yeah. Not from like Twitter or the public opinion or anything. Just no, your, just some friends. Friend. Oh, we're going. Oh, hypocrite. But what happens in the ad? I just get out of a car and I'm hopping, hopping towards it because it's a hot day. And you know, the road's hot. It's hot. It's a hot chili it's burger. It's scorching hot. Yeah, scor- it's a scorcher. <laughs> and I was hopping, you know, because I didn't have my thongs on or whatever. The other guys in the car are laughing. And then in the, in the end of the yeah, we're in the car, we're eating the burgers. But then I'm pushing. I remember being in the front seat. And there was a bucket next to me, and the other two idiots in the car—they were eating the burgers. Like they'll go, and then I think it was funny. Then I started feeling sick because you know, take after take after take, and I was spitting mine out. And I was pushing the chicken patty forward, and then just biting into the bun. <laughs> and then the director goes, "Rodney, uh, bigger bites, please, mate." Because I was doing the tiniest bites and then pretending. So, oh, man, and then I was off tasted it, you know, first time for a long time. I was a bit, I was man, it's spitting it back out, and then bucket. Yeah, well, that's oh, funny. Things you do for money. Things you do for money there, but but so a friend of yours, a comedian Ben Elwood, was yeah. giving you a hard time at a anarchic comedy night that we used to do. And there's always a you know microphone at the back where someone talked. And Ben was on the microphone. Yes. Then he said, "Why don't you address the elephant in the room and tell us all why a vegan you went and sold out into a McDonald's? At how much did you sell out for? How much was it? Oh God! And I was, oh man, I did five. And then and then they they all hassle me, going ah, you know, they're all yelling and chanting stuff. I said, man, like, what if someone sees the ad and then goes and eats, eats ching just because they saw the ad? I said, look, I can't fucking be responsible for that, man. Serious. <laughs> and then my mum did it and went, oh, I went to go support you, so I went and bought one of your chicken burgers. Said, it's not mine. Don't go and buy it just because of that. It's not your chicken burger. It's not mine. I'm not getting the money. Oh, my God. She's like, I want to support you. And I said, did you tell the people at McDonald's that I'm in the ad? Yeah, I did. My son's in the ad. I said, don't do that. Embarrassing thing. <laughs> Didn't she come to one of your shows in after uh, what was that in Funny Hats? Your family yeah, came in Funny Outfits. They, they went to a royal wedding party and oh, then they the same day, same wedding. day, and they still didn't think maybe take the hats off. Like some guy or friend of hers had like a really tall top hat thing, and he's sitting down in the audience. And man, like you're blocking someone's view. <laughs> it's a theatre, <laughs> but they do support you. Yeah, yeah, they do. That's good. 
which is nice. I do get a lot of friends who come to my shows, which I do appreciate a lot. But and your and family. family. Yeah. My cousin Dean comes like at least twice wow. for one show. Like That's he came awesome. on the – for Kebab Tonight, he came on the Tuesday and the Thursday. That's awesome. And your, your sister and your mum. Yeah. That's nice. What's your biggest professional achievement? What do you think it is? Um, well, I was pretty – I was very happy with – Tonightly, when I was working on that yeah. with you, like yeah. I think the the greatest thing about that was before I even started was getting offered a job. Like I didn't apply for that job. Like just I got off. I got an email to my silly website, which I have a very silly contact page, and I have a very ask very silly questions. like drop down lists and stuff. So then you know Andrew Garrick, the the showrunner, like went through the silly contact list and actually answered the questions, and then got to the thing where he wrote to me and said, "Hey, are you interested in working on a TV show?" So I got that email. Like, yeah, fuck yes, I am. And then just met up with him and we had a small meeting. He's like, okay, do you want to – and then, okay, let's start up. So he liked that questionnaire. He's like, this is different. It was really, it was really dumb. It was like a drop-down list because what, what, what prize would you like to win? Like there's not even any – and then drops down, <laughs> a glass of Pinot Noir, a book, 1.2 Bitcoin or, you know, whatever. And then it's like, so you have to do it to answer like, like until you get to a question. So people can't contact you until they fill in all the – Yeah, it's not that big, but, yeah, it's just really silly. I just left it on there. And he went to so Andrew went to that and then sent, sent me and then we met up with him. But I wish I said that's one thing I regret too because he said, "Oh, you're a writer." I said, "Yep." Yeah. And he, I said, "So you're happy to do a writing you job?" So, said, yeah. You looked so nervous then when you were like, "You, you were like, yep, swallowing." Yeah, because that's because I because I haven't done you know writing for TV. And then he, I should have just said yes. Like I should when he, when he said yeah when he said have you written for TV? I said no, nah, just for my shows. And then okay, we'll see what we're gonna do anyway. And that's when he got. I guess got me a job as a media manager. Okay, okay. Not as Which, a writer. But I reckon if I fibbed a bit, I could have got a job as a writer. Yeah. I just said, yeah, yeah, I've worked on TV, you know, good news week, all that. And then just, but I couldn't think of any TV, couldn't think, couldn't think of any shows at the top of my head at the time because I'm not good at lying on the spot. Oh, there's, but there's so many people in this industry that do that. Yeah. That just lie their way, go, oh, yeah, they talk, they talk a big game and then they get job after job after job, get found out as a fraud, but can just go and bullshit the next people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then you've already got the experience. Yeah, but when you have a bit of like, I don't know what it is, crippling self-doubt and shame. Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't want to I don't want to set this up for me to for them to find out what a fraud I am. So yeah. I better just tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just said, you know, I just done my shows and stuff. But but yeah, apparently him and Nick Hayden saw my saw one of my how-to videos on YouTube and I said, we got to employ this guy. Oh, oh. I think it was how to photoshop a seagull. <laughs> See, like your repertoire spoke for itself, even if it is just that stupid YouTube stuff that you do. What is it? Yeah. Stock footage, mate. Yeah, yeah. That is funny though. Yeah, but I, I, I originally only did that just to get make money out of it though. Cause I saw How all, can you make money? No. Because it, it. it was before you had the 1,000 subs minimum thing. There is no way you could make money off stock footage so specific that no one would ever search for it. They search. Putting a banana you, in a drawer. Yeah, and closing the drawer as hitting well. The, hitting the crossing button multiple times. Mm-hmm. There's one that's got about, but if you the thing, it's not it's how many you do, like because it's so easy to do. I was thinking I'll just do one every day, or even do two every day, and then just upload it. So this, eventually, someone's going to search for it. Rodney, that makes it so much funnier that it was an earnest attempt at money. Yeah, I thought you were just, taking the piss. No, I really thought if I was just really really stupid, doesn't matter what I put up, just post anything. What do you think would have happened if you'd said, "Oh yeah, I'm a writer." I don't know, maybe I would have gotten in the writing, writing room. Maybe I've got a writing job. Here's something you can do next time. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, you can give Tonight Lisa credit now because you did write on that. Yeah. But also just know a friend who's had a TV show, mm-hmm. 
lie about it and say, yeah, I worked on that, and then go, oi, can you cover my ass if they – Do a Costanza, yeah. yeah, Do a full Costanza. (laughs) That's slightly less psycho than just flat out lying. Yeah, okay. You just (laughs) collaborate for the lie. Yeah, yeah. I was pretty happy when I got that uh, hideism video up on Tonightly. Explain that, what it is. It's just a a video on talking about the hideism in – in the world, how you know people are judged on their height, and well, I think one of my main points was yeah, being called little little fuckwit. You know, when something you do, someone a short person does something, they go oh little fuckwit. You know, instead of just saying it's just a fuckwit, get rid of the little. I don't mind being called a fuckwit, yeah, but just, just you don't you have can't to say see height. Don't have to look. Yeah, at height. don't look. You can still fuckwitism still in, in any height. A tall person can be a fuckwit. Don't say little fuckwit. It's just being a fuckwit. So that's your biggest professional achievement is having that story on there. <laughs> yeah. Don't laugh. I'm being serious. Well, I you were, oh, yeah, well, that, I guess so. Well, it's my first time that I had a TV, you know, thing that I presented for TV. So that was my first. For a thing that you wrote, uh, acted in yeah. and just saw it from start to finish on, broadcast on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, so I was pretty happy with that, I guess. And some of the response I got was pretty happy with, I guess. But now what do you do with that video? Just, just put on YouTube. This is what frustrates me about it. Why you, Rodney? Yeah, because you could you could utilize that. You could weaponize that. Mm. You could put it on a showreel. You could. Get, I did. Yeah, put it on my showreel. But where's your showreel? On my website. But you got to go. You got to go click on bio. You got to fill out some goddamn no, no. form. <laughs> you just, just click on bio, and I got it really small because I feel feel shy about having it. You feel shy about having your showreel big on your website. Yeah, so I put it made it really small. You're exasperating. Because to me, I'm the opposite of that. I am just like obnoxiously in, mm. your, in your face. And it's the thing about you where you're just like, oh, I don't want to make a fuss. Oh, I don't want to get in anyone's way. I don't want to anyone to think I'm a dickhead. But sometimes you've got to be a dickhead, don't you yeah. think? Don't you think? Yeah, but I hate doing the, oh, hey, look at me. Look, oh, it's just so much of an effort to do. Can't you do it authentically without having to do the hoo-hoo comedy thing of look at me, guys? Can't you just do it authentically going, look, I hate this, but here it is? Oh, yeah. Can't you lean into it? Go, look, here's my showreel. It's real big and this is uncomfortable to, make, for, to me to make it big because I'd rather have it small because I don't want anyone to say because I feel weird. Yeah. Why don't you do that in the blurb? Just be fully. Okay. So, no, I, <laughs> so this, is some, <laughs> this is something that constantly happens. I lecture yeah. Rodney, yeah. listeners. I, I lecture Rodney about what he should do with his life, and and I don't. And to this day, you haven't told me off. To this day, you haven't no, said shut up. You haven't said shut up. <laughs> cut it out. I'm sick of your nonsense. Stop nagging me. Stop being at me. And you just you take it with good humour and um, thank you. Yeah, well, <laughs> tell I'll, me if it's it probably ever... good points you're telling me. You reckon? Yeah. No. But you reckon it's good to click click bio and then go to my. Or should no. I put it on the front no, page? No, no. The, the front page. Front page. But if you hate it, just, you know what would be good? If you hate it, just do everything that you instinctually hate but then explain why on the page why you hate it. Okay. Opposite day. Yeah. I guess because Greg, when Greg Larson did his, I think he did something similar. So I hate this when he tweeted his um, showreel. I just need work. Give me work, please. That's it. I just want work. Be honest. Yeah. Can you describe a time you feel you hit your lowest point? Oh, 
probably a Melbourne Comedy Fest. Um, Doesn't everyone? Yeah, yeah. I think it was when, yeah, when I was going down, I think it was when I went down to do Wolf Tokyo Club. Which was a great show. I it, wish more people saw it, yeah. The whole play is about a band rehearsal yeah. and things go wrong. I loved it. It was a lot of fun and, yeah, inspirations from real life from a real band. And, yeah, there wasn't many people coming. We are on at like 11 o'clock if we were lucky. I think it was 10.30 build but then we ended up getting on about 10 to 11 or quarter to 11. And, yeah, we're just doing it in front of either no show or four, three or four people. For so two weeks, like, oh, man. And, you know, Todd was having a bit of a breakdown. because man, we can, you just, you, we can do no shows in Sydney. Why are we here, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and but no, yeah, and I, I always thought it would make it easier if there's more of you going through it together. Like there was four of you because it was a play yeah. rather than just doing a show on your own. But was it still hard? I think it was hard because I felt a bit as well as like, why did they bring these guys into this? You felt responsible. Yeah, and I was like, well, oh, man, like you know, Seamus has Seamus has two kids. You know, why is it why making him come out and do this shit? You know, yeah, but that's not your responsibility. You do that a lot. You're like, "Oh, I don't want I don't want to b- yeah. be responsible for this and I, I'm sorry that you in this situation. People have their own free will and people can say yes or no. You yeah. didn't hold a gun to their head." Yeah, I know. I know what you mean though, because but I was like I wish it was, you know, if it was good and they were all, you know, we're all happy and it was, if it was successful it would have been so much, you know, just so much better. Yeah. If you got something out of it, you know. And then just when we started getting more ticket sales, Eric broke his nose. Really? Yeah. Like we had three or four more, three, three more shows to go and it was, hang on, we've got sales this time. Finally, right at the end, we've got sales. And then we got, you know, bigger sales and we got a crowd. And then like Eric was playing basketball with some other comedians and he rang me up and said, I can't, nose is broken, I can't move it around. I can't, doctor said I can't move around heavily. So oh. I was like, oh, man. And then I had to, and Steve Bennett was going to come to the night, the, the first <laughs> the review of the fourth, last one or whatever. So, oh, man, that could have. Could have been a blessing or it couldn't have been, you know, who knows, but. Steve Bennett, the big comedy critic. Yeah, yeah, he was going to come and we already had pre-sales. So I just met up with Seamus and we just drank. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Um, So would you say that's been your biggest mistake or what has been your biggest mistake, personal or professional? Um, I reckon like biggest mistakes probably just maybe I should have gone into comedy earlier. Where did you get into it? I think I was about 27 when I did my first. But I did it so slowly because I didn't really... Your first what, just ever five-minute spot? I did a, I did some raw thing when I was at Oxford Street somewhere. 27 is not that... Because I was about 25, 26. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, but I should have, you know, I wasted all the time when I was in my early 20s while watching just too much stupid TV. I did a lot of that, which, you know, I'm embarrassed about it. You know, I watched you know, the Big Brother, Big Brother, first few Big Brothers. But what a waste time watching that crap. Right, right, right. Could have been creative and, you know. Well, why does anybody do that? I did that. Yeah, because then I just, I don't know, I just had a thing where I go, no, I've got to be creative, get a a band going again because I wasn't a band for a while, I wasn't doing anything creative. No, just be be creative and just create things, do things. What changed? Get busy. I don't know what exactly it was. I just think I moved to a different house and I was just thinking, I'm not watching crap TV anymore. I think it was a certain book I read or whatever it was. I can't pinpoint it. But I still want to get busy and, yeah, and then just because I wanted to do stand-up for a while but it just took me ages to get into it. But what was the? But what's the big picture? Like what has been the big picture for you? Have you ever thought about it or if you had to say it out loud, what is it? What is, what do you mean? Like. My, my, my goals or? Just... Yeah, the goals. Like like what's the ideal scenario? Where do you want to be? What do you want to have? I have a feeling, I have a feeling you don't really think like that. Yeah, I don't. You don't? No. Yeah. 
So I don't know how I feel it's it's out of my you know, depth to do control sort of thing. Out of my control, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think if it's out of my control, I can't really, you know. That's a pretty healthy way of looking at it. I think. Yeah. Yeah, because most people are like, I need to have this by this age, and I need to have this. I do that. Oh right. I yeah, need yeah. to do this. I need to do this, and you just flog yourself. But ultimately, you really can't control it. Yeah. So why force yourself to run on the hamster wheel that you, you might not even get yeah, yeah. there? So if you kind of go, oh, well, I'll just let what happens happens, which is you find you do that. Yeah. Like, are you happy? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy yeah. with, you know. Because you have a pretty good community. Yeah. When you have a really good community and really good connections, that showbiz stuff doesn't matter really. Yeah, like I do, you know, like I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty lucky as well, you know, because I get to put on good shows and have, you know, a good crew when I did Kebab Tonight. Yeah. I've done other stuff where I get, you know, I'm happy that people say yes to it. So I'm pretty lucky with that. You know? Yeah, people have said yes to your shows. People always say yes to doing your plays. They don't even think twice. A lot of the time, a lot of people come back again and again and again and again. And do you think it's a, a, a situation of a matter of time before y- you get cemented in as like a. Australian comedy stalwart, or do you just not care? Uh, I just don't know. I mean, I would love Such it. Such a fucking hippie. What? Well, I don't know, oh, man. Don't trust know what's the universe, gonna... man. Yeah, well, just don't know. It's just, it's. <laughs> I'm jealous because I wish I had that attitude. It's a lot of effort to say, you know, look at me, come up, look, you know, it's just too much. I'll just put the shows on and let it happen. Do my bad advertising that I do. Stretched and squashed. Oh man, I was so angry at flyers that. Flyers <laughs> I design you a flyer, a poster. I design you a poster. Put a lot of work into it, and you feel so guilty about asking me to design you a flyer, which is different dimensions. That you just squish the poster down and put that as the flyer. Did you think about whether or not I wanted to put my name to that? Oh, sorry. Just ask me, man. People are it's happy to help you, Rodney. You just got to ask. Suits armored zip. Suits the character. Yeah, but no. Oh. You just ask people for help, man. They're willing to help you. They do your shows. Yeah, right. They can do a flyer. Yeah, they don't want to. You know, you already yeah. did. You already did so. So didn't want to ask more. Why would I have said no? Well, because then I don't know. When have I said no to you? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Look at these failures as like oh, like catastrophic or anything yeah. like that, or. I feel like you just keep going. It doesn't affect you. Yeah, well, it kind of does. Not in a psycho yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way that's like, oh, well, keep going. Yeah. So one more thing. Tell me, okay, so the, the one of the pictures that you never got made for tonight, Lee, do you want to tell me about that? <laughs> oh, giving back my red thing. Yeah, tell me about this because one day this will get made. Tell me, yeah, pitch, if, pitch if, it to me. If I win Lotto, I'm going to put all my fucking money into giving back my red thing. What is it? Well, it was because it was a skit, okay? It was just two guys, well, one guy standing there with the red thing and the other guy says, give me back my red thing. And the other guy goes, no. And then it takes, give me back my red thing. He goes, no. And then he either gives it back or doesn't. I haven't figured it out yet. (laughs) So that's next on the horizon. Give me back my red thing. Give me back my red thing. Rodney Todd. All right. Thanks for listening. To share your fails with me, you can contact me on my Facebook or Twitter at Greta Lee Jackson. Fail with Greta Lee Jackson is presented by me. Audio production by Darcy Thompson.
listener.